When you find that thing that's your everything, it stops becoming work. A brand is more than just clothing. It's a representation of an idea that you're looking to kind of push into the world. This is our everything. We're not here for a short time trying to take advantage of a fad. This is here for the long run. Hey, welcome to Table Moments, the homies podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything, but no politics. I'm your host and captain, Ayman. This week, we have a very special guest. He's an entrepreneur at the intersection of fashion and technology, creating an augmented reality platform that will allow artists, brands, and organizations to engage with their audiences in futuristic ways, letting anyone to showcase what it means to pursue one's everything. A fellow creative and close personal friend, Abjalim, founder of Everything the Brand. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it, man. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was an awesome intro. I think a lot of people think about starting a brand. They have ideas, they wanna go create it in the world, but it just seems like no one really knows how to start it, but you as someone who's actually done it, how would you say someone can go start or what your experience was like when you started? I think I'll start with kind of what my experience was when I, when I started. So as you know, um, I've been making clothes, you know, since I was about 16 years old. So, you know, 10, 11 years now. And I started in high school, just like on the idea of like, I wanna make some money. I've seen and heard it's not too hard. Like, why don't we just get some shirts and make something? And um, started the idea with a couple of friends when I was in high school and just seeing kind of how quickly we were able to kind of build traction and just kind of one of those like fads. And like, you know, we had some popularity at our school at the time and it was a pretty big high school. So being able to uh, sell and kind of like, you know, generate a buzz at a local level was really cool to see. And then when we graduated and went to college, we kind of, you know, put a stop to it. You know, my friends and I were going to different places. Um, but then like, I realized when I was in college that like, I really enjoyed that process. Being able to build something, you know, from your own thoughts, your own ideas, your your designs, your concepts. And at that point we had done t-shirts, hats, hoodies, pretty simple streetwear stuff. But being able to com combine, you know, the creative process, but also business, I really enjoyed that, that intersection. You know, at that point I was like okay I have this what I called my baby at the time right like where I was just like okay I've, I've put a lot of years into this this thing has taught me a lot like I've learned you know through this time you have to think about it it was you know 2013 2014 so very early in the e-commerce game um, again we were super young um, so just kind of learning a lot very quickly as this space was emerging at the same time so um, was able to kind of get on Shopify very early and watch Shopify scale to what they are today um, and be able to kind of grow our brand with uh, as they've been able to grow. And our experience for me was just like, okay, like I have this baby, like I really enjoy this process, but like, what is the vision? What do I want to do? And at that point I had, you know, we were doing some content creation with some t-shirts that we had done. And I took like, there was like a picture of me on like doing some BTS stuff and um, I just captioned it what's your everything? And because it meant to me that like what I'm working on, this brand that I'm building and these clothes that we're making is like me working towards my everything. And that kind of really stuck as like a brand concept that really like stuck with me. And like, as I told a couple of people who were very close to me at the time, they were like, whoa, that's, that's really powerful. Cause not only is it very specific to you as an individual and specific to anybody who kind of thinks about that, right? Like what's your everything, but it's also very broad that anybody can really adopt that mindset, right? And so for me, it's like, that's where I kind of moved the brand to, you know, I spent my last uh, two years in undergrad, really like vision boarding and planning um, what, you know, the brand was going to be in like what our, our goal towards, you know, this becoming like a, a full scale company. And at the time I was like, okay, I know clothes, I know how to make clothes. I know how to market clothes. Um, I know e-commerce, the clothing market, especially on the internet is very saturated. Like what's, how do we differentiate ourselves? And being from the Bay Area myself, you know, growing up in Berkeley, um, especially, you know, as the emergence of the tech boom and like you have all these big tech companies um, going crazy that like I got to work for when I was like young, um, I was like, we need some tech element. 
you know, we need some type of differentiator at a tech level. At that time, I had come across augmented reality. We realized that like this was like a real viable option for us to incorporate into, you know, our brand. It aligned with our mission, with our platform, our mission of what's your everything um, and being able to storytell through augmented reality, right? Because what's your everything became kind of our slogan. And as we became more of, you know, just from a simple streetwear brand to a, a, a lifestyle brand looking to, you know, help people and tell people stories and motivate people to pursue their everything. We thought that, you know, on top of products through our clothing, film and photography, we'd be able to um, leverage augmented reality to be able to tell stories on a new medium in a different way. I think you make a really good point about the differentiation, especially in a, a field like clothing where it is very saturated. Like what is that thing that lets you stand out? And I think the interesting thing about what you're doing is not only you're doing the clothing, you're incorporating technology, but I think you're proving out how technology can work with fashion and that maybe this could be a way for you guys to let others do the same thing, which I think is oh, a big struggle creatives have. 100%. I think um, just going back to why we brought it on and one one big thing about, you know, building a brand and like, you know, building something that you're going to be investing so much, not just resources, right? Like any resources you have, but just the energy and the time that goes into trying to build something like this. It has to mean something to you. It has to align with who you are as a person right so for me this really aligned to like the things that i was showing and you know everything that we're doing that we've built we did it within the brand first as a proof of concept kind of like yeah. exactly what you're saying so we you know from clothing production obviously you know we we're a clothing brand so we knew how to make clothes but when we introduced augmented reality we introduced it in a way that we were looking to storytell. So our first augmented reality project was the physical magazine had augmented reality overlays on specific pages that were only accessible to people who bought the physical magazine, right? So mm -hmm. we developed an app in-house. People who bought the magazine were able to kind of access this behind the scenes of our first issue magazine of us putting that magazine together in the behind the scenes of each of those photo shoots. So that magazine in itself was also kind of like documenting our story. So it aligned with our documentary at the time too, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The foundation. And so you can see like we highlighted four key drops and in those four drops in the visuals i leveraged the people closest to me right my family my friends my extended community having that like showcase in that in that um, magazine was able to say through the clothing we were able to kind of showcase who those people are to me but then through augmented reality we were able to tell a story in a more behind the scenes authentic you know you, it's like as if you're really there and so being able to kind of have that proof of concept allows us to kind of showcase okay these are viable ways to leverage this technology these are viable ways to incorporate it in our brand in our brand story in our brand offering as who we are and what we're able to do and that's where the vision came up of you know leveraging AR as a service as well so not something that we just develop in-house but something that we now offer as a service because of that project we were actually able to secure our first augmented reality you know as a service project with grace weber who's an r&b singer as a part of her debut album rollout generate augmented reality experience for her biggest fans she had like a, a community built um already that she gave access to of this augmented reality experience to. yeah uh i think in the tech world they have a term for it it's not an appealing term they call it dog fooding <laughs> basically oh you feed God. yourself <laughs> you use your own thing uh, yeah, to yeah, prove yeah, it yeah. out you prove it out and I've always taken that approach with like even the stuff I create or like I do mostly content, but I like like making stuff and building stuff and I use it first and I'm like the first test customer. Once I get it to a point that I like it, then I can actually feel confident giving it to other people. And that's the approach I even took with these wallets too. Like I literally yeah, use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that same approach, right? It's like, there's no better way to sell something than actually showcase how you're, you know, first not even marketing it to, you know, a consumer or like a end buyer, but like just using it as yourself and like the showcasing the value it brought to you and then kind of putting up as an offering. Yeah.
I think one of my worries sometimes is like, I like these things. I just don't know if there are other people out there who like these things. So it's just like, <laughs> this is where like testing, I think really comes in. And then even just talking about it and just trialing it, like you guys, like you did with everything, the brand, you talked about it and put it out there. When you get reception back and people are like, yo, I really, I really mess with that message. Then it's sort of validation that you're headed in the right direction. 100%. I mean, for us, it was, you know, it started off again with an idea of like having seen it supplied somewhere else and then like, okay, what does this look like for us? Does it make sense? And for me, I'm very big to do things make sense. Do things fit our brand ethos? Do they fit our story? Do they fit what we're looking to accomplish on a macro scale? And it was something that like almost aligned perfectly, right? It's like we needed a tech element. This is something that was like, not only as from a creative perspective, as creative it was, but had so much utility from a storytelling and marketing perspective as well, right? Yeah. It provided, it opened up a new marketing channel for us to be able to generate content in different ways. You know, like I'm sure you've, you've, you're familiar with like, you know, shock value content and, and marketing and stuff like that. It just allowed us to kind of step into those lanes, but from an authentic way, it doesn't seem like we're just trying different things and kind of shooting in the dark. It was like, no, these are slow, methodical processes that we implemented over time, but really implemented in-house first. And now we're able to like, hey, this is how we did it. This is what we did. You know, now we're able to offer these services up to other organizations and other people. I think there's a point to be made about being early because VR and all that stuff, Apple just released their stuff with the augmented reality. It's like you're in the perfect position to like make content and deliver it because the devices now exist in I think large enough quantities and people actually want them. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? It's interesting kind of seeing like where we were when we first or where the space was and the technology was when we first kind of started developing in it and then to where it is today. And it's as if it's like, you know, more calm. It's not more, but it is common, right? It's like people have common knowledge around these things. Maybe not so much the details between VR and AR. Like we're still, right. we're still getting that. People tend to think it's the same thing. You know, with augmented reality for us, it was like having been, being able to have had something tangible to showcase. Going back to like storytelling, marketing, right? Like I'm very big on storytelling marketing and like showcasing your process as you're developing something before you get to market and like kind of generating that real-time feedback and response from pers prospective customers, but also just a, a general audience that might be following you. Being able to kind of showcase the things we were building over the course of, was it 2019, 2020, and then being able to release our first project in 2021 with our first AR as a service project for Grace Weber coming out in 2022. It just kind of showcased how quickly we were able to, like how quickly that storyline. And it, that Grace Weber project actually, funny enough, like it came from us documenting our process and somebody that I know reaching out to me and saying, hey, I see you guys are developing something in AR, freelancing for this artist and ARs come up, would you guys be open to having a conversation? And this was a year before we were even planning on doing anything service oriented, focused or going to market, I should say. Being able to kind of document that story, showcase what we were doing as early as we were doing it, definitely not only just, you know, set us up at that time, but set us up for, you know, the things that we're working on now and kind of our growing market now and like the conversations that we're having today. That's the merit of just even showcasing even the build process, which is a hard thing to do, I think, when you're trying oh. to build and document at the same time. It's awful because it's just like, um, um, it takes time so away hard. from the building. <laughs> yeah, and It's so hard, especially for me. I'm very like, I like to work. I, I like to do things and focus on things. And like, Amon is the one who like was really like pound, like hounding me like, hey, listen, like you need to record. You need to put this out. And I was just like, look, I don't like just putting stuff out. Like, I don't, like you know, like how <laughs> if it doesn't go that way? How about if it goes a different way? And so that like, we came up with the approach of doing the documentary. So, you know, in 2020, we released our first documentary film, just kind of showcasing foundational elements of, you know, what we're building. That's what we called it, the foundation. And, you know, looking to build like that three-tier company focused around fashion, storytelling through film, as well as that technology piece, and kind of showcasing that foundation of all of those verticals and, you know, kind of sh shedding a light into the back end, what it takes to kind of develop.
develop these things, but then also like the direction we're looking to take it as well. You know, we've been regularly put out content um, at a pretty, especially when we have releases and drops, leveraging AR, leveraging just, you know, traditional photo and video. But now we're looking to this year, especially kind of ramp up our, our social media efforts and our, our content efforts as we got our own physical space now to be able to operate out of. So a lot, lot more on that side to come for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's the that's the sucky thing because the the creative process when you're actually building, it's not clean. It's not something where, you know, you have a plan. It goes according to plan nothing goes wrong <laughs> it's all this like tweaking and just like oh this didn't work out oh this expectation oh my assumption here was wrong and so you're constantly like fiddling with like physics and realities of the world and this is the issue i had to deal with with this wallet but even with software and stuff like it'd be dope to just screen record and like hey i just built the software but it's like it's a lot of just reading to figure out why it doesn't work because there's a bunch of bugs and all this stuff and that's not interesting content to watch finding that balance right like for me i'm very big on like you know the stuff we put out it should it needs to be structured at a certain level we want to have a true element of um authenticity behind it but also showcase like tell it in a story so it is chronological but like also showcase the parts that didn't work right when you're trying to develop something you know maybe something especially something that's new right um or trying to play in a space that's like that's continuously emerging and like you're just trying to stay up to date and with like i spent so much time just trying to keep up with like what meta apple snapchat google <laughs> are doing in this space especially just around like hardware because i'm just like i have to make sure that we are compatible and we're building in the right side of the hardware hardware that's coming out right and it's great to like in a, obviously like i don't have your background from a technical perspective but like i am very familiar just working in tech you know on my side kind of understand that that language that you know are able to kind of pick up on on trends trajectories it's funny i remember having a conversation around like we're going to get to a point where like regular glasses are going to be like ar lenses and we're going to be able to kind of just like touch things and i remember it was such a point of like contention with a couple of people and they were just <laughs> like there's no way you're telling me everyone's going to wear glasses i wear glasses i don't even want to wear them i'm like we're going to get to a point where everybody's just going to wear them because of the added utility to your life right yeah. and now we're here with the apple vision pros obviously it's you know a little dystopian they're very big clunky there's a wire hanging to your pocket it's weird but i think this is you know just the the first step on apple side obviously meta's already kind of come out with their product but like you know as the hardware improves and we get to a more sleek and you know lightweight hardware the software will be there and we i want to make sure that we're in position at that time and developing with the right folks in the right industries to be able to you know remain a catalyst in this space and that's the thing about like seeing the future sometimes you sound crazy because you're like oh, no man. this is what's gonna happen man watch <laughs> just watch but then hey, sometimes you you're know. too early <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you know <laughs> yeah for sure even like with stuff like podcasting, camera moments, all this stuff. It's just like, I was trying to tell people, bro. This could be I something. There. I was one of the people yeah. you were trying to tell. <laughs> yeah. And I think the thing a lot of people have to learn to accept is that the people closest to you will probably be the people who won't have your vision. When you talk to a stranger, you're like, oh yeah, I do this. I'm gonna do this, whatever. They're like, okay, I don't know this person, but they don't feel one type of way or the other. But like, I feel like the closest, the closer they are to you, the harder it is for the people to accept what you're saying, especially when they're like grand goal or even predictions about the future and they just don't know how deep or how much you know about certain things or the space you're talking about. And so you do sound crazy. You do sound crazy, but you're only yeah. crazy until you pull it off exactly. or the future happens. So exactly, exactly. And I think like, you know, there is wisdom in like, you know, sometimes just keeping things, you know, to yourself just for the time being. And then like when you build them out and kind of do them and like, and not to say that like you shouldn't talk about like if you're confident about something, like you should 100% have that conversation. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very much of like the mindset, like I'm very, it's very catered like who I have certain conversations with like in terms of maybe things that I've got going on um, things that we're building the visions that I have long term again like you said now everybody's going to get it 
not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody has the same dots connected or correlations aligned that you might have just given your research and time in this space, right? And nor should they. There's no, there shouldn't be like, I'm not going to also have an expectation or a false expectation that everybody should understand. You know, all this makes complete sense, right? Because to it doesn't, if unless you know. I don't know. I guess it was from a position of naivete. First time trying to do something different than most of the people I know. This is just one of those things that you just get slapped with this reality that, you know, people are not going to see it. People are going to call you crazy. It's all that just this, oh, you're working on that little thing. And then until it becomes a big thing. <laughs> until that little thing is not so little anymore, right? You're right. Yeah, it's not so little. It's, it's just like, okay, okay. When, when, and, and again, not not everybody's going to understand the vision. Not everybody's going to maybe want to understand the vision either, right? Yeah. And that's everybody's fair prerogative. That's your, that's your decision. That's fine. But I can tell you for me, at least it's not going to stop what I'm trying to do. Like I'm right. like, you know, like I'm, I know what I'm working towards. I know exactly the path we're on. And like, you're constantly iterating and trying different things and um, trying to learn. But then like, and then sometimes like, even like you get, you can kind of get lost in it, right? It's like, dang, like things aren't progressing the way you thought they were. But then you just got to take a step back or two steps or 10 feet back and then understand like, wait, I started here, right? And now I'm here. So it's just like, it's not where you are in the moment. It's like, how far have you come? And you know, are you, are you closer to where you were trying to go than yesterday? Yeah. And that's one of the merits of documenting your work because you get to see how far you've come, which it's difficult to do, but I think the, the, the way I've settled on is to build, deal with how unclean and how unlinear it is. And then after the fact, document what you've learned. I mean, you know this, right? There's there's multiple ways to kind of document something, tell the story, right? There's that every day for someone who might be following you every day. And there's that longer at the end, like, hey, this is how we got from here to here over right. two years, three years, right? And so it's just finding the time, obviously consecration, and you know this better than anyone, is consecration takes so much time, but it's just like finding the time to take that short form content on a regular basis while combining it with maybe that long form storytelling. Yeah, it's like constantly I find myself in a position where I'm like, all right, I can't work on this because I need to have a camera ready, which means then I got to get the setup ready and then I got to get the lighting ready and then it kind of delays the work and then I get frustrated. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just build this and let me just go. <laughs> and then I just like whip out the iPhone and just like, all right, guys, this is just the IG story. Here's what, here's some updates. And that content is meant for who that content is meant for, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And then like it's it's also for someone who's in it, right? You're someone who's in it, like you're doing this every day. It's different when, all pun intended, this is your everything. Like you are building something that you are not only just passionate about, but are truly invested in from the time you put in, from you know the visions you've created, the plans, and the things that you've already checked off off that vision board, right? Like you're truly invested. And so when it's what is something like that, when it is something that, again, all pun intended, your everything, it's 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 a little easier to kind of put that time in because sometimes it doesn't it stops feeling like work at a point in time, right? Yeah, I think Naval says this. He put together a series of all his little how to get rich without getting lucky. One of them is do something that looks like work to others, but feels like play to you. If you can get lost in your work, you know, you're on the right track. And so it's just about finding that thing. And that's where it's just a lot of, I think trial and error sometimes comes in, but also listening to yourself and seeing where your spirit takes you. No, 100%, 100%. I know for me, it's like, I really enjoy the process of, of brand building, you know, knowing that a brand is more than just clothing, right? It's a brand is a brand. Like it's a representation of an idea that you're looking to kind of push into the world. And for me, it's this idea of what's your everything, you know, like for me, the idea came from like the culmination of my life really. And like, that was, I think pretty evident in the foundation, the document we put out and just kind of showcasing like the world I come from, the world our parents come from, how that influenced me, how that influenced our communities, the communities that we did grow up in, all those things and just understanding, okay, like a solid understanding of like all those things and then knowing it's like, what is the future that I want, right? And it's kind of like marrying those those two and it's like, okay, I know what I want. I'm going to work towards this thing, this type of life. Building this is my everything. Building, you're seeing kind of like, because this all touches every aspect of my life. Building this 
brand is really my everything because it encompasses all of my life. It's one thing to build a brand. It's another thing to like make a physical product and get people to pay for it. I'm, I'm learning the difficulties of that now. <laughs> like Table Moments as a podcast is cool. I've gotten a chance to connect with a lot of people just through the content, through the comment section, through the live streaming and through the DMs actually, weirdly enough, getting the chance to build relationships and make friends. But now the next step is how do I take it further to a point that it's self-sustaining? And so that's why I've gotten into like making these wallets because it's something I made for myself. And I figured maybe there are other people out there who might be interested in it. Also learning the challenges of e-commerce, designing a product, convincing people to go buy it, and then even sharing it with the world outside of Table Moments to see if there's a bigger market for it. Like you have this experience, especially considering you've actually made clothing and more than just putting on an iron on on a shirt, actually going out and designing the clothes from the ground up. I mean, for me, it's, it's again, like everything that we do is like a part of like my larger vision of building this brand, right? So it's like, we started off, like, like I said, working with a local manufacturer and it's awesome just cause like the, the relationships you build um, when you're doing something as well um, with people, like, right? I was 16 years old. We were working with a local manufacturer based in Oakland. I have an awesome relationship with that same manufacturer and they've scaled exponentially. Like they were some small warehouse by the airport. And now they've like, I think they expanded, like bought like two of like the, the two sides parts and like they're huge. They they're in a huge operation now. Um, and like being able to have that direct phone line connection relationship just kind of showcases like when you're trying to do something and trying to learn and like we went to them and like hey we have this idea can you help us and they were like yeah and then i've learned just like through trial and error through doing pursuing kind of like my everything i've learned the process of making clothes at a local level and then again through doing i've learned the process of making clothes at an international level right like working with like international manufacturers in different parts of the world and then like i was like okay we want to take it to i, I want to learn all this all the tiers right all the steps so i was like we need to kind of have our first like you know our own cut and sew product that you know we learned the cut and sew operation and that's actually part of the uh, reason i went to la right i went to la to really expand the brand build relationships out there but also to really build out our cut and sew operation i went to la not knowing anybody in the space not knowing local manufacturers i just know that you know there's a huge fashion district and a lot of manufacturers and a lot of fabric stores that i'd be able to kind of go to and so moved down to la just started going downtown walking around going door to door talking to people having conversations and a conversation that i had at like a a, a local store took me to where I was introduced to a local manufacturer who's an older Peruvian man. When I told him my ideas and we were looking to get made, he's like, oh, my son does these things. Gave me his son's address or his phone number. And then I talked to his son. I ended up pulling up to the manufacturer and then they have a full operation. He's just like, yeah, we can do this. No problem. And so I got to learn through working with this uh, man. And now, you know, he's, you know, he developed our whole cut and sew collection that we released at the end of 2022. The process, the step-by-step process of cut and sew. I was going from different fabric stores, selecting fabrics, dye houses, to, you know, the intricate details that we're building, like, you know, our buttons had our logo and engravings on them and like where to kind of get that made, how that process looks like. Going to all these different places, getting these things made, coming all back, watch, like literally recording. We have all a lot of this documented. We just haven't put it out yet. Like the assembly of, you know, what it means to put together a cut and sew piece. We did some some pants and some jackets with like very custom pocketing and patches and all these like very detailed stuff. And like be able to kind of see that come together over the course of two years and us be able to kind of put that out. You go through those process to learn, like, 
like for me, it's like I wanted to learn. But yes, it's, we want to get a product out, but it's like I'm more so using this time, documenting time to like brand build one. Like I'm documenting the process, showcasing kind of like us going, being in LA, me running around again, showcasing what my everything is. But then also I'm learning, like I'm I'm learning that from start to finish how to kind of create a product, building these amazing relationships to now it's like, you know, you're able to offer these services to other people. It's like, hey, I want to kind of get this made. How should I do it? It's like, oh, I know this person here. I'll call, I'll make a call. I can set it up for you. Oh, you want to make a cut and sell project? I have a whole supply chain set up in LA. We can make that call and kind of have that going. So it's just like being able to, like, you know, again, take my the culmination of my life experiences to where we're at a point now. It's like from clothing manufacturing perspective, we're all good to go. It's, it's just me pursuing my everything. Yeah, there's, a, there's something to be said about learning by doing. The traditional way of education is you sit in a classroom, you read books, and then you take tests. And this is what we consider traditional learning. But you learn so much more, so much faster by actually going and trying, doing things. And I think this is the approach you take with this this whole fashion stuff and actually going and feeling the fabric, the attachments that you're going to be using, the, the fasteners and all that, and seeing how they're going to actually build the thing, getting really involved so you know exactly how this stuff starts from just rolls of fabric to something you can actually wear. This is the same approach that um, even in the startup world that they take where Paul Graham, I believe he says, do things that don't scale. The common idea for a lot of people would be just find a manufacturer in China who can make it for you and then put up a Shopify site and then start running ads on it without actually understanding how the process actually happens. And so you don't know what the customer experience is going to be like. You don't know what the product experience is going to be like. Typically, there's no customization. You don't make it about you. So you don't understand all the issues that can come up as part of this process. But by being intimately involved, you really get to know it inside and out. You can really make it custom. You can offer something different and differentiating from the rest of the market, deliver something that will be far more satisfying than someone who didn't put all this effort. 100%. And I think like there's there's another layer that I think is almost even more valuable. And it's that because you put in that time and now have gained all this knowledge, you've built a foundation that is built for the long term. You know, that whole kind of like the fast fashion or like things like that, things that don't have, you know, they're more of a fad than, you know, a long term thing. Everything that I've done up to this point has been slow, methodical, like I haven't, I'm not trying to scale super quickly. It's like, I want to learn, like, right? Like I'm, because like the way I visioned everything when I was back in school was like, okay, if I'm going to build this thing, it needs to have, I want to continue building this brand. It needs to have a tech component, but it's not something that I knew I could do full time. Like I knew coming out of school, it's going to have to work to support myself, support my family. Like it was a no brainer for me. So I've been like, since graduation to now, I've been working full time job while developing and slowly building this brand. And again, everything I've done is like very methodical, slow. I, like the, the money that's being put in is directly from like the money that I make, right? So it's like everything that we're building, it's like it has a very strong foundation, right? Like again, I've been making clothes for 10, 11 years, right? Everything as what it is today has been um, around for about four years. So it's just like continuing to build what we want to build. I'm very big on like making sure we have a strong foundation, something that we can always lean back on. It's like, hey, this is where we come from. This is where we started. And, you know, every time we hit a new level, we have a new accomplishment, we get a new collection out. This is what we're able to, you know, kind of always look back at like this is our starting point and showcase to our, our audience, the people who have followed us, you know, on our journey to this point it's like a true testament it's like this is our everything we're this isn't we're not here for a short time we're not here just for trying to take advantage of a fad this is here for the long run it's like you've got to move different if you have that long-term vision if it's just a short-term play then yeah speed is really important scaling is vital but if the plan is especially with the brand because it's like you're putting all this upfront investment into this this is true in any business that has staying power there's a lot of cost that comes with like just starting to get this thing off the ground and building your essentially your everything from the ground up raise slowly to get to the point that it can become self-sustaining but till then 
again, it's it's a lot of input. And I think a lot of people who want to get on this path, there's going to be a lot of you and effort being put into this without any results coming out of it directly in the short term, but 100%. sticking with it longer and longer. And this is what I've found for this whole podcast content, building an audience stuff. Like you remember, like you were one of the first few people to come on the podcast <laughs> when it was just audio only. This is episode 134. And so like consider that it wasn't until episode 133, we didn't even bring cameras into this whole podcast format. And it's all just like getting good at editing a podcast, learning how to promote a podcast, learning how to create clips that people will resonate with, learning all the social media stuff so that now I can get to this point, get into this video podcast and then actually have it do decently well, at least on YouTube and stuff. And so it's just crazy how what you were saying, all this like deliberately growing slow, but learning so much along the way that when everything just falls into place later on, almost worth it because it's easier. No, one, I, I think it's always worth it. I think if you do the work up front, if you put in the work, if you're if you're operating, not taking the shortcuts, not not trying to just blow up just to blow up and have nothing, you know, to be able to stand on, it hits different, right? Like yeah. you're you're at, and I remember when you guys started, I remember everything, your entire process. I remember it. It's like I was here, right? To where you are now. It's like you have so much knowledge that like it's it's almost at like, you know, from a growth perspective, it's like it's slow, 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 and then exponential, yeah. right? It's like just like, you know, a startup. So it's like taking because you have all this foundational knowledge, all this foundational industry expertise, whatever you want to call it, you're able to continue refine, refine, refine while doing it, while you're already growing an audience to where it's not even like, you know, you know, the best is yet to come. It's kind of like knowing that like, oh, this is just going to get better. Like, I'm just going to like, this is just going to scale over time. But when it scales, it's going to scale exponentially. I always say like Nike, you know, Nike is one of the best you know, brands in the world today, right? Like I can't think of a better slogan than just do it. I think I'm gonna say, I'm gonna put what's your everything up there, you know, selfishly, but just the, the power of just do it. Like just whatever is on your mind, whatever has been, you know, something that you've been wanting to do, but it might be scared for whatever reason. If you just do it, you're going to, it's like you get over that hurdle of fear or hesitancy and you see like, oh, I can do this. And you're just gonna get better at doing that thing. You know what I mean? Kudos to, to Phil Knight and them boys over there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he wrote job. a book, Shoe Dog. Uh, oh, for sure, for sure, for Dude, sure. It's worth reading for anyone watching this who who wants to understand what the process feels like, especially when you're like pushing to make that vision happen and how like on the edge because man, Nike could have gone out of business several times. Did you watch the movie Air by any chance? Yeah, yeah. Great movie. And it's just showcasing like where Nike was and who they were as a company versus what we know them to be today. Yeah. Completely two different things, but it's, it goes to say like, what does it mean to be like trying to continue to push the boundaries, but having that foundation, like knowing where your foundation is, knowing that you've built something and then be able to expand on it and grow with, you know what I mean? And the funny thing is, is like where they started was with like track shoes and he partnered with uh, his track coach who was like this experiment mentor tinkerer type who was constantly trying to figure out ways to improve shoe design. And then they found a manufacturer, went to Japan to actually make the shoes and then inspect and all that. So he did the groundwork and everything. And that's how Nike even started, even before they were called Nike. People, I think, are tempted to take shortcuts, especially in with the internet. The people, with the Joneses. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I hate shortcuts, man. I hate shortcuts. I see it all the time, even on this social media stuff, bro. <laughs> I see it. And I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to do it I'm, that way. I'm 100% I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100%. Like, like, I want everything 
everything that I'm doing and the reflection of whatever I'm doing to be authentic. Like I'm very big on like, it needs to align with the brand. Even from like the people we work with, what's your everything to me really resonates. And if we're putting content together, I want it to, like everything needs to be authentic about the content we're putting out. Cause it's like, that's such a strong message. Like I want the message to resonate for highlighting a person. If we're showcasing someone's story, if we're talking about our own story, like it needs to be genuine. And like, I don't want to fluff. I don't want to expound. It's like, no, this is exactly where we are today. This is what we've done up to this point. And you're going to continue to see the places we're, we're, we're aiming to go. I think we are surrounded by a lot of fraud, people misleading or showcasing things that aren't actually true. It's Instagram. Um, yeah, it is Instagram. But here's the thing. I kind of want to experiment. I'm just experimenting with table moments, experimenting with my own life. Like, can you be authentic, completely authentic and still win in this whole business, building an audience, oh, yeah, brand, yeah, yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so it's just like actually figuring out like how much effort it takes, how much detail you have to care about and how you have to sort of restrain yourself too, because the temptations out there to do what the others are doing because it is literally rewarded on these social platforms which i hate i hate it so much but it's just like man people are people in the end i believe that by not building or doing it the right way i think is authentic to me then it's not something i can sustain and i think that's the biggest key to all this i don't know what will work every day it's just about putting the effort there and it's the consistency over time that gets the results. And so if you are inauthentic and being inauthentic keeps you from being able to feel good about what you're doing, just how to get ahead instead of not actually being authentic with yourself, it kind of kills your spirit, completely inhibits your ability to be consistent over the long term. People get burnout, they say. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I just go back to like, if you have a solid foundation that you're building off of, it's something that you'll always be able to lean on wherever you're at in your journey. And my biggest reason for not being as consistent with like maybe social media for example it's just like there's certain things i tried didn't like it wasn't me said i'm never doing this again right <laughs> it was just like i can't play that game i i, I actually tried it there were certain things like day in the life kind of content i was like oh no no this is way too invasive for me like i don't like this right i'm from an internet perspective i try to keep my pretty private it's just finding ways to leverage these tools because at the end of the day internet's just a tool right instagram's yeah. a tool twitter's a tool it's just leveraging these tools in ways that work for me work for what we're looking to build i think there's a couple things i think there's always a way to do it like i'm always going to find a way and the second thing is there's always a market the internet you know from a positive perspective has opened the world up right to you know our fingertips and i just think that like there is a niche for whatever you're trying to do it's just about being consistent enough to be able to find and grow that niche and if you're if you're building something with like a you know an authentic foundation and you haven't deviated from that and you're seeing growth that growth is going to continue going and then i, I truly believe will be exponential as more people kind of catch on and i'm not going to say you become a trend but like you know people follow what the people around them follow people like with people around them like so it's one of those types of things as well so once you get out of that first circle that secondary circle of like audience but being consistent in what you're doing and being authentic in what you're doing there's going to be a market in, a, in an audience for that I, tr I truly believe that one of the things i struggle with is understanding the scope of the world how big it is and how many people there really are and if you do the math on it yeah that weird thing that you're into there are probably a couple million at least who are into that stuff too. No, <laughs> you're, you're, um, one of your videos made me laugh. Uh, I think it was like black people that like rock music or something like that. Like something like very niche. And you were like, where were you guys growing up? Like, kind of, <laughs> like that kind of attitude, you know? But yeah. it's just like, it's true. It's like, there's a niche of people. And then like, the more you're, you're kind of dialed into what you're working on, the more you're kind of like um, introduced to that space and people in that space and are able to kind of build those relationships and foster those and build community in those places and it's just like again it's kind of like uh not just reassuring but also you know gives you confidence in what you're building 
that, you know, the world's a lot bigger. I think I heard Mr. B say something that really like blew my mind. Like, you know, I speak multiple languages. He said that less than 10% of the world speaks English. You know, when you go on the internet, you just assume everything's in English, right? But he was like, our videos that are in either Mandarin or Spanish or whatever, it was like 10X the views kind of thing. And 10X engage. It just, just kind of showcasing how much bigger the world is than the world that we're probably just operating in, right? And what we attribute the internet to be. The internet's way bigger, maybe the, the places that we're in or the communities that we're a part of or the people that we follow. It's a much, much bigger place. So it just give like you know that context again like i'm a true believer there's no space for everybody to eat there's no space for everyone to kind of find success it's just about being consistent and slowly growing that audience that you know through i think authenticity being genuine and just being consistent the internet has allowed everyone to connect with each other which i think is like one of the best things for humanity but unfortunately with the game of social media you sort of have to go through the masses through a longer period of time to eventually find those people who really yeah. mess with you yeah. um which is where the consistency comes in and that's what i ended up doing for two moments when one video that that appeals sort of to the masses, people will check out the profile and then they'll see the catalog and those people who like other videos and they start scrolling through the, the timeline, they're like, okay, this is a guy whose character I like. So they end up liking me, which I mean, I don't have a niche, you know, like I, I just post content about anything. So they end up having to like me and my takes and, and my thought process and even how punchy I can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like I said, there's, there's a niche of everything of everybody. Like there's so many people out there and like things that might surprise us like it's there it's just for us to be consistent enough to go find it and go get it you know yeah like i i like when i stumble on businesses that are super super niche but are also wildly successful like there's this one company called out of darts and they specialize in nerf accessories and so like you know like nerf guns <laughs> and then you realize there's a whole culture around nerf guns like yeah people dude. really like there's a, it's like it's like a legos or something like there's entire communities and people really enjoy the gamification of <laughs> these guns right yeah they're all customizing they have like spring packs to increase the the fire rate of these stuff and so they even crazy. 3d pr 3d print their own designs and stuff and then i just stumbled on another company today called light my bricks and so you know how lego has these build kits of like the empire state building yeah, the yeah, pyramids yeah, yeah. all that stuff they specifically make lighting kits for those <laughs> They're doing well. They're doing really well. But it make it, it makes sense. I remember not too long ago reading like, and this is like a sports reference, but Miles Turner, he's a center on the Pacers. Like apparently, like he's a huge Lego guy, and like has I think I forgot what it was, but he had he, you know it was like a picture of him with some crazy Lego thing that he built. And I was just like, there's really a niche for everything. And so the yeah. fact that people are accessorizing these things, it doesn't surprise me. Like it's surprising, but like at the same time, it's like no, like I know that's how these things work. You know what I mean? There's definitely a space for this. And I think it was Naval who also said on his podcast like the future if everyone had the skills to actually be entrepreneurial build the things that they want to create is related to their passion and their purpose then everyone can be like sort of like their independent own business appealing to people out there in the world i think it makes a very good point it really just comes down to one knowledge and two your your willingness to put effort into the thing that you care about your everything i guess yeah uh, and and yeah. it's you know we live in a time where access to knowledge and access to information is is instantaneous it just got even faster with chat gbt right and it's really just about like, do you want to go do it? Like your willingness to go execute and build and learn um, in real time. So when you find that that thing that's your everything, it's like it stops becoming work. It stops becoming something like that you want to do. You don't feel like, you know, there's no hesitancy to want to do it. I think this is a really good concluding statement. This is your chance to let the people know what you got going on. What do you have planned for 2024? I think hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have already uh, released and showcased our new, our new studio and office space. It's going to be a place where, you know, we're able to kind of do more stuff in real time, you know, less dependency on manufacturers and stuff, a lot of stuff 
that we're able to do in-house. Really just taking all the stuff that we learned and be able to kind of do it in real time and put out ideas, you know, very quickly. So looking forward to be able to showcase that and like all the projects and all the work that's going to be coming from here. What's Your Everything docuseries with our first episode coming out, I'm going to say in the spring. It's a project that it's one of those things that, you know, you start three years ago, four years ago, and it's finally coming to a wrap. So very excited for that story to come out. Super, super exciting project highlighting a, a good friend of mine that I've known for a long time and like his journey and what he's building and how far he's come. A story that goes internationally as well. So just being able to kind of speak to those stories that were, you know, the people around us. This is somebody that I went to school with, I went to high school with. So the people around me doing, you know, really pursuing, this is really his everything. Like he's doing this full time, which is amazing to see. And he's found an immense amount of success. So be able to capture that story and bring it to the world. I'm super excited. And, you know, we have some some products and some stuff that's going to come with that as well. So super excited for that to come. And then, yeah, like some fun stuff that we'll probably announce at a later date. But I'm looking to, like I said, have a more presence on social media, a little more consistent now that we have this physical space. I'm looking to do more some more international stuff as well. So have some stuff lined up for the for the end of the rest of the year. That's cool. That's very, very cool.